This is the Nassiman Hockey Podcast with James Nichols and John Zella. All right, so here's the thing. I know that we usually get to On the Island later, and we're going to get to On the Island later, but I have to get this out of the way right now because it's just been bugging me literally all day, and I don't even know how this happened, but I don't know. Somebody asked me if they should start questioning Lula Morello, and I was like, no, too early. We've we've been to two playoff uh, two two playoff series, uh, not even series. We've been to the playoff tw- playoffs twice under his regime, uh, and one got, playoff rounds. In yeah, both one playoff rounds got deeper every round, and then the conversation took a turn, and they started talking about JG Pajo. And listen, okay, before I go any further, look, I love my followers. Thank you for following me. I appreciate you. I'm not putting anybody out. It was not just one person, but why? Why on earth are we questioning? JG Pacho. Like he he no, they didn't spend too much money on him. Yes, he's been worth every penny. That's pretty much my motto at this point. Um he's the, the definitely the second best islander on the team because I, I don't see anybody performing better than him. He is worth six million dollars a year. The first and second round pick we paid for him, I would do it 10 out of 10 times. The third round pick, I don't even care about. Can we stop? Can we stop? I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm offended. Not really offended, but on behalf of Peugeot, I'm offended. Okay? He's the second best Islander on the team. Can we stop? That's just my opinion. Am I wrong? I mean, we can we can definitely dive into it a little bit later. He's definitely... I mean, and I and I think he likes being in this role a little bit, right? Like he's not the main guy; he's not Barzell. He's in a, and he's the, not even Lee, right? He he doesn't get the recognition right. that the rest, you know. And I think he kind of quietly plays that third line role. He knows his his role on the team, and he's really been. I can't believe he has seven goals this year. Let me riddle you this, okay? Today, as you're listening to this, is the one year anniversary of the acquisition. We got JG Peugeot. One year ago, today, as you're listening to this, look out for my article. It's coming. I'll give you all the facts in there. He's an Islander through and through, not just because he puts the sweater on. He is just the epitome of what the New York Islanders are. He is gritty. He is hardworking. And he does literally everything for this team. Yes, Trotz puts him out there and makes him do it, but that's because he can yeah, he's an elevated Casey Zizekas. That's a great way to put it. If, you know, if Casey Zizekas got power play time, and I, a- I feel like Pajot has a little more of a touch that Zizekas doesn't always bring. He definitely has it. We've seen it from him, but he Pajot brings it almost every night, right? And that extra gear of speed. Oh um, yeah. That he brings and, and, to the table, and we've we've also seen Sezikis do that, but I right, think we have. But he's just slightly better, maybe not even slightly, a little more than slightly better than Sezikis in all of those aspects. And and I love Sezikis as much as the next guy, but I also love Peugeot just as much. He is that much better than Sezikis. He is const- consistently since he's been an Islander up in the mix of of points with the top line. He, after Eberle, after Lee, and after Barzell, it has always been him since he's been on the team. So let's stop with this silly narrative that J.G. Peugeot cost us Devin Tays, 
uh, they, they couldn't afford to go get a goal scorer because of him. No, no. They got who they needed. Lest you forget there was a black hole of the third line before they got him. He's brought stability to this lineup, and, and he is just he was so necessary for this roster. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end it there because this was I can't even believe I had to do this. Yeah, we can we can talk more about the, the lineup when we get to yeah, we'll talk more about the later, lineup later in the show. Because I do like this conversation and I did not expect this. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about it. I've been thinking about it all day and I was like, oh man, I can't wait till later. Yeah, so yeah. I can get that off my chest. But for now, hey John, what's up? How you doing? Doing all right. It's been <laughs> an up and down week all around, hockey and otherwise. So yeah. happy to be here and doing this thing and being able to kind of clear my mind a little bit. It's you know, I, I definitely I see what you're doing and just kind of like this cathartic dump where you know we we have this platform we can just yeah do our thing and get it off your chest and then you know after the show we just feel better we had everything yeah. out and it's like when you write an article it's i i do enjoy that but there's something very different about what we do here yeah uh, and, and so, don't get and me I, wrong I enjoy if you're one of those people who tweeted at me and i don't think i'm trying to put you out i'm not i'm not mentioning any names and if you want to talk about it i'm open to it but just know my mind is made you're not changing it, I promise you. Yeah, I, I have some it. thoughts too, and I, I want to make sure that yeah. we get to uh, the, the important things of the show. And uh, first, yeah, our... for, first let's do uh, let's get to around the rink. Brought to you by DraftKings, um, and you've heard about you know DraftKings before. You've heard us talk about it. The leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes. Um, this week is jam packed with action ranging from basketball to golf and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all of that action. Um, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to all users across uh, all sports. So DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports. Um, and there's no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up for, uh, DraftKings using code THPN. Uh, new users will get free entry. With their first deposit, that's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're a big fantasy guy. I am you, a big you fantasy en- guy. You enjoy that. You, I do. You do some writing. Who do you write for? What's the site? Uh, Fantrax. Yeah, I was with Fantrax. I'm not with them any any longer, actually, uh, when I, I took over my new role at uh, uh, as the editor-in-chief of Isles Blog. Um, I had to step away from Fantrax, but great site. I highly recommend uh, Fantrax. Check them out. They're the most customizable um, season-long fantasy sports uh, website, in my opinion. They're very good for that, uh, but a little different than DraftKings. Yeah, no, I, I obviously it's different, but you're just a big fantasy guy. Who are you starting tonight? What was your... Uh, what was your lineup? You were going oh, with, yeah. with so, your, right before we uh, press record. Yeah, I was looking at my – so in my league, we have a games limit. So I can't play one position too many times. And we have two slots for each position, so two centers, two left wings, etc. And I'm looking at my goaltenders, and I own the both tandems for Boston and the Islanders. Um, so we have an uh, uh, a maximum of – what's 56 plus 56? Or 120. 112. 112. Thank you. I can't math. I'm an English teacher. Um, 112 games max I can play. So I could either start both the Islanders and uh, Boston goalie tandems every single game of this season, or I could try and do a mix and match and be like, oh, I kind of like who I have uh, going tonight. Mike Smith against, uh, I think it's, I think it's Ottawa. 
Oh no, it's Vancouver. So I could either take a risk and be like, all right, I'm going to lose a start for Semyon Varlamov, or I'm going to, you know, just make sure that I ride him out for the season and, and collect as many points from him as possible. It's, it's tricky. It's, it's fun though. I, I, this league I'm in is really deep and it's like, um, it's like legitimately managing a real lineup. Yeah. Listener, I hope you understand that better than I do because I'm used to like <laughs> Yahoo fantasy and I'm like, oh, I play this guy. I have this guy on my bench. Uh, I think he's going to win because yeah. they're playing a crappy team. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that was definitely over my head. I, I'm, <laughs> I, whenever I've, I've played fantasy, I'm fourth place and I lose in the second round. Nice. I, I've been doing it for 10, 10 years, maybe. I've never made it past the second round. Nice. And I always tried to think I outsmarted the system. It's like, oh, I don't need a Crosby. <laughs> I'll I'll get Kunitz. Like I always tried the guy try to find the guys that ride shotgun to the main guys. And it gets me like listen, you know, it gets it's not me, a it does me well for, for sure. the most part, but like when it comes down to it, it it never works. That third guy on the line or second guy on the line always yeah. falls by the wayside. They get changed out. And yeah, I just wound up losing a bunch of points. So I try to just like cycle through that all season long and it, it, it i'm big worked. on even even in regular format i'm big on goalie tandems and i'm big on uh line combinations so if like you know just for instance anthony sorelli on the lightning he's on the first power play unit and he's on the second line so i'll get him because he'll put up power play points and he has good line mates because i think stamkos plays right wing his right wing so it is a really good way to learn about the players in the yeah league. very good my my buddy doesn't know anything about hockey he got a partner for the league that we started a couple of years ago and now he's like he's pretty deep into it like he knows a lot now yeah it was almost like when when i play the nhl series hockey games you always learned about all these guys and yeah even when you started drafting if you finished i was a career mode guy that was my big thing yeah, so like when that. you go through and do the draft and think you kind of see these guys coming out after a while they're just made up names but um for at least a couple of years it's yeah real real players so you, yeah, you see, like, see prospects and stuff and like yeah who's already they'll... in your system and you yeah kinda, you kind of learn that who's developing or you know i remember uh i think the last time i played these <laughs> games it was like probably niederreiter was still <laughs> was still a prospect yeah, yeah, like trying yeah. to get him into the actual lineup and then you're trading i always love this like i just played the games for so long that there'd be trades in the middle of the season yeah and i tried to mimic the trades that happened in real life and you were my team and it's impossible yeah it is it just it just <laughs> never worked and then and the other the opposing team they'll be like uh you're nowhere near what we're asking for and i'm like uh, awkward because you did that in real life so <laughs> yeah it's yeah and then uh i i was playing i sent you and joe the videos of i was playing uh breakaway 98 yeah you were and um uh, wayne gretzky's 3d hockey yeah those games are so hard. Breakaway was way easier than Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey for some reason. I remember playing the latter, the Wayne Gretzky's game, way more. That it the 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 play by play and the, the noises and all the things, I just I had a serious flashback. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's if anyone listening is has played this, maybe look it up on YouTube or something. When you're choosing your lineups, the noise that it makes when you oh, choose the lines, and oh my god, it was it was incredible. Like yeah. listening, listening to uh the play by play, it just really, really brought me back. It was I just <laughs> unlocked some memories. 
um, that I knew I had, like I remembered it, but it was, it was incredible. Um, and it was, it was amazing. Um, because in Wayne Gretzky's 3d hockey, it was the fisherman. That was the logo of the team. So it was, it was fun. And then in, in break Y 98, it was the wave Jersey with the original crest. Yeah. Uh, and just thinking about the, uh, and we'll eventually get to around the rink here. Um, we have a little <laughs> new setup here. I'll, I'll finish up, but it was interesting. Just the, the, and I did this with Tom Brady, right? The, the Madden games, like the first game he was in and the most recent one. Oh yeah. And they the did that comparison. Graphics, right. Oh, and I, so I'm playing break Y 98. And of course I get a penalty <laughs> and because I'm just mashing the controller. <laughs> and so disciplined. So on, uh, yeah, I, cause I didn't know what, whatever it was like hook and whatever. <laughs> Everything's just the same. Like there's like a million buttons on a, uh, N64 controller. And the guy skates into the penalty box, which is ice level. Like he skates into the penalty box without stepping up or anything, <laughs> which is funny on its own. And then he sits down and then just becomes like a cardboard figure. Door like doesn't even, even open himself anymore. It does open, <laughs> oh, but it, it does. just it does open. But he like you can just see that there's ice on the inside of the penalty yeah. box. Like he just yeah. skates in, but then he sits down and stops moving and just becomes like a cardboard figure, like the crowd is, and he just sits there. That's great. And it's, oh my God, it was, I, I forgot that's what it was like. Like I, yeah. I play old video games. I still like break them out every once in a while, but um, some of those things are really funny to go back and look at. Yeah. I mean, I still play uh, the new NHL games. I, I love them. Um, I don't I only have a 360, so I can't, I, they stopped making past 16 or 17. Yeah. Probably. So I don't, I broke my streak of getting it for Christmas every year. Yeah. I, I, I'm a nerd. I have the new Xbox and I was like, all right, I'm going to get the new NHL. And I was like really excited, like you said, to play career mode. And, and I when I started it back in, when I came out in September, there wasn't even a season yet. Um, I was like, I can't wait to see what they, they made Sorokin started the game. Wasn't even in the game. I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> so, oh, right. And then you, you recently did um, a Twitch on that, right? You yeah, yeah. So I started a franchise mode because they they finally put him in the game. He was a, a downloadable content. Uh, they put him in, and and now I, I have him. So it, not bad. They put him in as an eighty overall, and he has uh, the potential to become a starting goaltender, which I'm I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, some some way to go, I think. But um, yeah, we could talk about that too. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little later. But for now, uh, let's talk about the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association, uh, referred to as the PHWPA. They will be holding uh, their first Dream Gap Tour game this Sunday at 7 p.m. at Madison Square Garden. And the game will air on NHL Network in the U.S. and Sportsnet in Canada. So pretty cool stuff there. Uh, MSG Network will re-air the game on Monday, March 1st at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my birthday. Uh, This also is the first professional women's hockey game being played at MSG. So that's really cool. Um, I didn't know that, and I was really surprised when I heard it. Um, Team Minnesota will skate against Team New Hampshire. I think this is the first Dream Gap tour of this year. That's my mistake in in the notes. I think they've they've done some of these games before. Oh yeah. Um, and and what we should have said before, kind of jumping in, is that we're we're we changed this from around the NHL to around the rink, um, very intentionally. Um, sure. Because we we want to. We want to cover more hockey, uh, as as much NHL action as there is. There's yeah. so much more hockey um, than just the men's game in particular, and the NHL and the AHL and all those different right. things. Um, so we want to highlight the just 
growing the game. That's uh, that's all a lot of people want to want to talk about, but it's rarely something that you that you see up until really recently. Um, so we had a conversation last week, uh, James, Joe, and I, and uh, we're making a conscious effort to kind of bring some of this to the table. That it'll expand some of our horizons. Yeah. Uh, we hope to have some people on that know about the PWHPA and the NWHL um, and and everything else. Just you know the, the different initiatives going on in the game. If we're lucky enough, hopefully we can bring some people on the show to, that can speak to it a little bit more uh, than we can. Um, but we'll do our best. And we'll make sure we're doing our research. And it's interesting. You know, I, I think um, having coached uh, women's hockey at SUNY Oswego, it was the, the club team, but um, so it wasn't NCAA. But, you know, I, I learned a lot about um, what they can bring to the table and, and the amazing skill level and the commitment and, and, and all of that. And it's just not different. No, um, no, so no. it's an, it's important to, you know, we, we think it's important to, to highlight that stuff so this and this is super cool um they've made the the pwhpa dream gap tour i believe it's sponsored by secret um is partnered with a lot of different teams uh, toronto and i believe chicago and the rangers and, and maybe maybe one or two others um, right. but it's really cool to see what what they're doing and um you know uh, like i said growing the game it, it's it's rising tide floats all boats in the sport um having you know i, I love that it's being going to be on you know national television it's, it's going to be broadcast you know far and wide it's unfortunate that the nwhl um playoffs couldn't be that they just didn't make it quite their quote-unquote bubble didn't make it quite as far as they hoped and those games were canceled that were going to be on nbc i believe uh, if i'm not if i'm not mistaken uh i think you're right yeah i think they were supposed to be on nbc so definitely super cool um speaking of the nwhl did you see any video did you catch the videos from any of those games no i didn't tell me about it so i remember uh, on a couple because i was i'm going through twitter and there were a bunch of people that were tweeting about the game so i someone had the twitch link and i clicked on it and i'm looking and i'm like the the entire neutral zone is blue the ice is blue and I also noticed that the posts of the net were purple. And this, really? this is like some Jeff Merrick stuff. I don't know if we're for those listeners of uh, 31 <laughs> thoughts and sports and stuff. He's always like, you know, I'm team chaos. I, you know, I want to do different stuff. He wants, <laughs> he, he said multiple times, I want to change the, the color of the ice. Like we can make it green or something. Uh, and it, uh. it's wild. And I was, I want to know what your thoughts are on stuff like that. Like changing little things to like make it more fun i know you weren't a fan of the helmets so maybe like on the you know it's like more ads on the ice or things like that is it is it a distraction no well so i'm not like against making things more fun in in a sense of like being more creative with color schemes and stuff like i i wouldn't see any issue with like maybe changing like you said the goal posts are purple right why not allow every team to have goal posts that are their team colors Right, I actually really like that. I wonder right. if it's a distraction. Like, I, I only, I noticed it like maybe the second or third clip I was watching. I was like, uh, wait a second, and I paused. I was like, yeah, that's purple. Yeah, <laughs> very <right>. purple. <laughs> but like, it, it's, it's clearly. I mean, if they're doing it in one league, it could happen in another. It's not. It's not a distraction. Why? I mean, I don't. I don't see the. You know, I, if anything, I, I don't know if this is controversial saying this, but like, and not like weird whatever 
the goalpost being red makes it an easier target to me. No, I don't. I don't know. I, right, I, I so feel I it would just be something to get used to in like every every rink. They'd have to have like approved colors. Like you can't make it. You can't make them white where it's like hard to see. Yeah, well, uh, against right. the boards so or something like, like that. They'd have to like say like it's yeah. got to be a, a dark color. It'd and... be like the base color of your team, right? So for the Islanders, it would be blue. For the uh, Kings, it would be black. Um, or for for the Golden Knights, it could be gold. Like that would be sweet. Like a gold gold post that'd be so cool. And even like around the boards, the top of the boards where the glass starts and the boards end is usually red right make that you know similar keep it uh keep it uniform make it team colors like it would just it would just be visually pleasing like i think it would look really nice yeah i think the nhl having a little more fun with that kind of stuff would be great yeah it it would just show some there's not a lot of personality anywhere (laughs) you know so like there's only so much a player can do with their equipment there's only so much uh, if you're if you're not a goalie anyway um, there's only so much that you can do. Um, so yeah, it would give the rink a little bit more personality. That's where your attention is most of the time. You're not worried about all the, especially if you're not at the game itself. Yeah, I feel like the blue line and the and the red line they have purpose. So like keep those that way. Um, but you know, I guess the shade of the ice. I mean, I feel like white's easiest for TV viewers to see the black puck. If that makes any sense. But, I didn't. I, I didn't watch long enough to see if that was a problem or not. I wondered how it was as a player, and I. It's right. something that I don't know that that could be different, rink to rink. You know, because these players are so used to like they notice the chip in the puck and the weight difference, right? Like yeah. they 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 just every little thing is kind of like you know like and I always think that Jack Eichel. Yeah article on the athletic where they they outline his whole schedule and like eats an apple at 328 throws out apple core at 331 like it's i can't imagine like changing things like that even even goalposts like i I wonder if the um yeah nhlpa would even go for like or or again they would have to i'm sure both parties just need to like come together on it but thought it was at least interesting that they were making the game fun and approachable and accessible like it was just different it just had some kind of personality which i think the women's game does a much better job of in general it's so much more fun there's so much more personality there the zamboni driver it was like a big deal during the during that tournament like i just i love all all that stuff it just makes it you know new fans aren't going to hate this like you're just kind of like giving a lot of access points into this is interesting this is different or whatever the case is um, and those things just kind of jump to the top of my head. Yeah, and I, I think it's important for them to do that kind of thing because they're trying to grow the sport, right? They're trying to grow women's hockey, whereas the NHL has been around forever, and and it, you know it's it's for now stuck in its ways, and and but still there are so many fans, right? So so many people are still watching no matter what. But it it definitely would benefit the NHL um, to you know look at the NWHL and say. Wow, these things are drawing viewers, drawing drawing fans, new fans, uh, you know, reaching people that we haven't reached before. Maybe we should adopt some of these best practices. Uh, maybe it'll be beneficial for us. So, I yeah, I, and I think I think that's important. Making making right. sure to reach new audiences and a new segment that we're going to do uh, as as part of our kind of expansion of everything is we're going to highlight 
uh, a writer or a personality or media member um, of the week and somebody that's doing good work in diversity and inclusion and and, and all that yeah. stuff. There's there's a really long list. Um, we're hopefully highlight a, a bunch of people. I've saved a bunch of stuff already, uh, which is great. Um, I follow a lot of them on, on Twitter and, and they're fantastic. And the first one you may already know about. Um, and if you don't, and, you should. And, and if you don't, follow them right now. Pause, like, pause, pause this, the podcast and go, go on Twitter and press follow. Yeah. Um, they're, they're doing amazing work on the Black Girl Hockey Club, uh, founded in 2018 by Renee Hess to unite black women in, in the hockey community. They've teamed up with, most recently, they've teamed up with the Seattle Kraken, creating some cool beanies to support the Black Girl Hockey Club scholarship program. Um, they're getting noticed. You know, I, yeah. I think they're doing a lot of work with a whole bunch of hockey leagues um, from the w, the NWHL. I'm sure they're working with um, the PWHPA. They're doing stuff with NHL teams. Um, I, I can't I can't say enough good things about what they are doing. Yeah, definitely. And definitely go follow them. Pay attention to what they're doing. I took the they have the um, get uncomfortable pledge. Um, to fight racism in hockey, and I and think that and I think more... the Hurricanes just just got in on that as well. So there, there's a lot of you know, um, I you know I think they're bringing you know, along with things like the Hockey Diversity Alliance and other groups, um, trying to find a way to to kind of hold people accountable. And right. if you know, we we kind of talk about this, and I'm surprised I remembered. Um, we always say, "Show me the receipts." This is a moment where you can actually have Show a receipt. It. And you can show it and you don't need to make a donation is find a way to get involved and promote what they're doing, amplify the good work that they're doing. And when you can help them, right. I, I, that kind of stuff's really important. So this is a time and not a receipt so that you can post it somewhere and it's for vanity. This is because you're, you're helping to grow a sport that you love and it's important to do that. Um, so I'm really happy to be doing this little segment. I'm extra happy that our, you know our first one's Black Girl Hockey Club. Um, take the un, get, uh, get uncomfortable challenge, and um, definitely like like James said, go follow them right now. Right now, if right, you didn't right do it yet, now pause it. I'm mad at you for not doing it before, but I'm not mad at you in about now because you just followed them. Good job. Great, you're back. Thank you're you. Welcome back. back. <laughs> Thank you for and you're staying. just in time for NHL news. <laughs> Let's talk about the Lake Tahoe games. Uh, those, okay. Despite the hiccup, right? They had the hiccup where they had to pause the game. There were some ice issues. And the crazy thing that they said, you know what? Screw it. We'll start again at midnight. That was so cool to me. I can, all right. Can we just pause on that for a second? Sure. I, I know I'm going off script. So that whole issue with the Columbus Carolina game where it was offside and they called a penalty and it was a delay oh. game thing and it was a goal and it was it, but we can just pause games for what was it? How long was the pause? Uh, God, it must've been like over six or seven hours. All right. That's what I was going to say. I thought it was, a, I thought yeah. it was like more than six. You're telling me, right? There's no precedent to Take the goal back or whatever that I can't even remember. It was so dumb. Yeah, yeah. There's no but just just hit pause on this for six hours. That won't have any influence on the game. That won't mean anything yeah. to anything that's going on. Just go ahead. And, oh, you got to be kidding me. 
Yeah. Well, Half the outcome the stayed the same. I, I, in my opinion, the Avalanche were winning the game. They they were the better team to start, um, and they wound up winning anyway. Um, but I mean, look. Yes, with with the bad, you know, they were able to pause a game for seven, six, seven hours and, and resume it later. The good part about this was that it was so successful in. in you know, look, there weren't any fans, and they couldn't they couldn't do anything about having fans there. But you bet that there will be next time because the views were insane. Well, do do you make it a in the in the future? I'm not saying that they shouldn't do things like stadium series, but games like this, making it a TV experience, gold, and especially like this, where if the NHL is trying to grow a market, you can all of a sudden just. Go anywhere. You can just play a game True. in Vermont. Right. Go find a beautiful lake, uh, Lake George in New York or something like right. that. Or, you know what I mean? Like, you can pretty much go find any beautiful spot that's has winter yeah. and go play outside and, and make it something for the players and obviously for sponsors and, and, and things like that. But you don't necessarily need to have fans there. I think it'd be amazing to have been there. Right. right, it makes me really want to be a legitimate reporter, and yeah. be able to, you know what I mean, and, and they go must travel have been around. Oh man, they really must have been. I was so jealous. Yeah, it was. It was super cool just seeing those those photos that morning, or I think the day before. Yeah. Um, it it was. It didn't. The fact that it was next to the lake and not on the frozen lake didn't take anything away from it. It would be obviously impossible to do that on a frozen lake. Yeah. Um, I but so. I, but. You know, I, I was like, ah, it's kind of kitschy. Like, I guess he's like, you can just set up a rink anywhere and like take the roof off of it. I think on Coney Island, right? There's the rink like on the beach. True. Uh, like right down the, it's like next to yeah. the Cyclone Stadium, right? Well, yeah, but let's let's put it in, in, in this sort of context now. Let's just say they were like, let's do this in New York. Where would they do it? Where would you want to see them do it? I think, you know, seeing it next to like on Lake Tahoe, um, I'd love for them to do it in just a weird spot with like somewhat of an NHL connection where you can get alumni to come back and, and make it really interesting and highlight people from where that is. Um, I think doing it in and selfishly doing it somewhere in central New York, whether it's like on the shores of Lake Ontario somewhere. That'd be pretty cool. Um, Cause that background in the winter time is, is crazy. It's the weather here is a little nuts. Yeah, so I think it'd be. T- I don't. I don't think it's easy to do an out- ga- outdoor game anywhere. As we've seen, they still had to cancel for six. But I mean, hours they did it in California. So they they did it in California. I, so I think you know, in in Oswego, you know, you have Eric Coles from there. Rob Shrimp is from Fulton. He's just south of there. Um, you have, you know, I think Jimmy Howard's from Syracuse. Alex Tuck's from Syracuse. Uh, Boo Neves is from Syracuse. Um, there's uh, Joel Faraby is from is from Cicero Syracuse area. So there's a lot of like current and former NHLers that can make that interesting, um, and kind of highlighting these kind of growth markets. And maybe New York isn't a growth market, but trying to find these places where like uh, it's up and coming for hockey or something, yeah. or um, doing it like outdoors in Lake Placid somewhere, you know, in the mountains that, or yeah, some, something. It doesn't have to be like on the shores of a lake. It could really be anywhere. Um, what, what about you? Anything in mind? Anything that jumped out? I mean, so to me, I'm thinking if it's going to happen in New York, the, the, you know, they always are going to, they're going to have the Rangers be a part of it. Um, and if they did a, another Rangers Islander series, that'd be fine with me. 
and Central Park just comes to mind, right? I mean, how cool would it be to have an NHL game in the middle of Central Park, something that I've walked through probably at least a dozen times? Yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. I know they practice there sometimes. The Rangers they have practiced there. Yeah, actually, uh, side story. Um, my uncle did a photo shoot with the New York Rangers after they won the 1994 uh, Stanley Cup in Central Park, and they were skating around the ice in Central sick. Park. And he was taking photos, and it was really cool. He designed uh, Mike Richter's helmet that year as well. So I forget cool that your uncle is like super legit. Yeah, my like my that. uncle is a goalie mask guru. He has designed lots of masks before, uh, namely Peter Morazic. Uh, who did he just do recently? Thatcher Demko. Um, he the other day when I saw him, he was like, "Hey, look who I'm casually texting." It was Thatcher Demko. I'm like, "Yeah, that's." Cool, whatever. I'm not jealous. Moving on. Um, but yeah. Oh, and he just did uh, Carter Hart's uh, new Venom mask for the Flyers. It's really cool. So I tweeted it out, I think. So if you haven't seen it, just check my uh, check my media on Twitter. It's it's in there. Really cool stuff. Uh, and if you you know can't find it, just tweet me. I'll, I'll be sure to uh, show you a picture of it. But yeah, really cool stuff there. Um, but I would love to see you know a game and like I said in, in Central Park. I just think I think the I agree. I think that's that's. I think the atmosphere cool is so cool for it, right? I mean, it's 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 New York City. You know, people everywhere walking around, and then suddenly it's like, oh wait, what's going on over there? And it's it's like a hockey game. It'd be pretty cool if it was like just general admission. You just walk up to it. That would never happen, but it would be pretty. Be I pretty wonder. Cool. I wonder where on Long Island you could do it. That's like a good in question. The, in the winter time, where it would work, right? That, that I was trying to think like, of that. Imagine a day. game on the beach on Long Island in the oh, winter Lord or something God. somewhere. I'm trying to think where it even makes sense. I mean, maybe any any of the state parks. I don't. I don't. I don't the logistics to me are a little over my head, so I'm not exactly sure. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 tough to uh, pin down an exact location for Long Island, but I mean, with the way that they, you know, if they were able to pull it off in California. I have no doubt in my mind they could find a spot in uh, or or on Long Island and get that done. But, um, yeah, so the Lake Tahoe games were really cool. Uh, the Avalanche won their game. The Bruins won their game the following day. Really cool weekend uh, at Lake Tahoe. I, I think the players loved it. The NHL loved it. And from what I saw, all of you loved it. So uh, really cool stuff. Let's talk about the the – Shocking news that we heard the other day regarding Artemi Panarin. Um, you know, he he wounds up taking a leave of absence from the New York Rangers uh, to go back to Russia and, and handle a situation in which he was uh, accused of hurting uh, physically uh, an eighteen-year-old girl. And this was uh, what was the year, John? Do you remember that they that they claimed that this happened? He he was eighteen. Right, this was when he was in the AHL. Yeah, and I can't recall how old he is now. So, you know, was he 26 or something? Right. So, regardless, it's at at the beginning of his KHL career. He ends up taking a leave of absence. I saw a lot of chatter. 29, sorry. So, yeah, he's he's 10 years ago. So, I saw a lot of chatter. People were, were saying, you know, well, if he's not guilty, why is he taking a leave of absence? Yada, yada, yada. That's neither here nor there, guys. He has a family that he has to go and, and you know take care of. So, uh, you know, he went back to get it all straightened out. 
Um, and I'm not confirming or denying whether it did or did not happen, but a lot of the, uh, you know, what we know kind of, in my opinion, points to the fact that this was a fabricated story. Um, his former coach is a, is a loyal Vladimir Putin supporter. Um, and Panarin is a adamant Vladimir Putin, um, What's the opposite of supporter that I can't even think of right now? He's he just does not support Putin. He's very outspoken about that, um, you know. So maybe you know it has something to do with that. Um, there's also a bunch of talk about how uh, his former coach in the KHL is, is he's a little bit of a, of a loose cannon. Uh, he's been in some trouble before, and and this is you know wouldn't be a surprise if this was a, a fabricated story. Um, it's just a tough situation. I hope that it works out. Um, and the, and the truth comes out. I don't know that we'll ever find out exactly what the outcome is, but it's just a really tough situation. Tough blow for the Rangers too, who, uh, lose their best player. Yeah, I saw, and I'm surprised I didn't save it, but I did see a tweet that was saying that a bunch of the players or Panarin's teammates at the time were all denying this. Yeah, they all denied it. Even Igor, uh, Aranko, who he is now a, a GM for one of the teams in, in the KHL. Um, but he used to be the Julian Kamara, right? He was the, the main beat reporter in the KHL, basically the Elliot Friedman over there. And he said, he's like, this is not true. Um, this is, this is a, a completely false statement here. Um, so again, no verdict, but this, this is a bit of a, a tough situation, especially, like I said, for a, a young Rangers team who loses their best player. Um, and, you know, for a guy who, listen, you know, I, I know the Islanders lost out on Panarin. Um, you know, he, he almost was an Islander, but he, he just, from what I, I, I've been, uh, what I've seen around the league and, and from his teammates, I, I hear from his teammates, he sounds like a great guy. And you don't want something like this to happen to a guy like that. So uh, let's hope it's not true. Let's hope that it was, you know, something that they could work out and, you know, he's able to come back and, pick back up where he left off and um you know we'll just we'll have to check back in on this when the when the time comes right yeah i i I wish him all the luck because this it's a bad situation like you said the rangers are also in a tough situation with this too and um sounds like they're supporting him yeah and, and helping him through it and that's despite some other uh missteps by that organization uh very recently this sounds like they're trying to get back on the right track with with their team, and yeah, and they um, fully do right by them. Him. They fully supported him. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like you know, it's it sounds like this is not only just the right thing to do, but they're they're genuinely trying to help. So yeah, um, good on good on them. Which yeah. you know, again, show the receipts. That's that's a good one. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um, here's a question: Is it possible to get a read on the best players and teams this season? Because you know they're not playing outside of their their division. We kind of got a read on this uh, where we started talking about this last week. Um, but you know, you look at guys like Austin Matthews. He has 18 goals right now. I think in 14 games, like he missed a few. Like that's crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. You know, uh, McDavid and Matthews are kind of ripping up the Canadian division. Yeah, and when you can play Vancouver and Ottawa combined 16 times you're gonna score some goals and when you're playing them three right. times a week or uh it's you know yeah you can score a goal a game that's that's what's gonna happen it's like Sidney crosby against the islanders he just scores points 
every time. That's just what he does. Too soon. Um, yeah, probably too soon. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> but that's kind of um, that. It's just a really good example. Um, I don't know if you can really get a, a good read. Like I know I was thinking about like who's going to be the you know the top scorer in the league. It's like I don't know. Not everyone's competition is exactly the same. I mean, the East Division is a lot tougher than oh yeah, 100%. a lot of other divisions. I'll um, tell you right now, if Austin Matthews is in the Mass Mutual East, he ain't scoring eighteen goals. He might have fit, you know, 13, 12, I don't, 13. You know, the, the Leafs certainly aren't leading the division, but right. I, I think, um, no, I, I think his numbers come down to earth a little yeah. bit. I mean, you it's it's you can't take too much away, but it's enough to say, okay, I you're looking into it a little bit. There's this whole season has a giant asterisk on it. It's kind of like last season's postseason, right? True. That's just how that's just how it is. So even if the Islanders were in first place in the division, I understand they were leading the league in points. I understand they're not leading the league in points because they're not playing all the teams. They're not, they right. don't, you know, they have very different competition than, you know, if you're, uh, I don't know, any, any other teams, you know, it's, you know, Vegas and, uh, and Colorado playing each other a whole, a whole bunch. And that division's kind of heating up. That'll be, that's, yeah. that's probably another one, you know, so I don't know. It's same thing with goaltending. Like you're you're playing a lot of the same teams over and over. I, I'm not sure you can get a, a really accurate read on anything as far as who's who's the best team, who's the best player. Yeah, uh, things like plus minus or or anything like that. It, it uh, I've been thinking about it a lot too because you know, like yeah. everyone loves the comparative thing. That's right. a, it's an interesting narrative for a lot of people. What I think you're gonna see is you're gonna see very different seasons for individual players and teams next season, right? They're planning on having a regular season starting in October. Uh, our good friend, Nick Alberga had already mentioned that earlier this year. So you're going to, I think you're going to see a very different uh, turn of events. Um, and some guys who, you know, like we were talking fantasy before, if you picked up some guys who were doing well this year, I, I, I might have to break it to you that next year, those guys might not do so good because the things are going to get back to normal. Hey, I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll do better. Who, you know, I mean, it, it, a good example of this on the Islanders is uh, is Anders Lee. Guy's got yeah. eight goals already. Yeah, and he's not been on that trend for some time as as like an actual goal scorer. Now, could he have turned it back on? And because Barzell's on okay. a heater, he's on a heater, and that's just you know one one going, the other one's going. Yeah, that that that's uh, that's totally possible. Um, would I bank on it? Eighteen games in the season that he has eight goals next year? Probably not. Yeah. We'll see. You know, so I, I think, yeah, I think it's just something to to keep in mind as we go through the through the season, and um, and I have some other questions about the Islanders specifically that I added. I don't know if you see. Yeah. I don't know if you saw yet. I did. We'll we'll get there. But before we do, let's talk about New Jersey, who named a new captain uh, last week, and uh, that is Nico Hishier. And this is, comes as no surprise to me. Um, you know, he was the number one overall pick a couple of years ago. Uh, he's just 22 years old, and and some people might think that you know that's a little too young, but you know it's starting to happen more and more these days. You know, it started with really it started with Sidney Crosby, right? His second season, he was the captain of the Penguins. Um, but then you know you see guys like McDavid get to see Jack Eichel get to see, so it's not so uncommon for a young guy to be the captain. And you know, he sure is a is a, a, a as you can as you've seen before, he he is a leader, right? He I think he went back to. Uh, where is he from? Switzerland. That's right. And they have—I think—they have the mandate for you to be 
in the military for like a month. And even though he wasn't going to actually, you know, be on any, any deployments or anything, it was his duty to uh, make sure to go, you know, go back and, and, you know, fulfill his month's role, you know, whether it was just, you know, a paper job, uh, a desk job, you know, somewhere he did it. And, and the thing is he could have gotten out of it, but he did it anyway. So that just shows you the kind of character he is. Um, you're looking at me like you didn't know that that happened. No, I know that I was thinking about, I was trying to uh, think about other players that had kind of done that. And I read uh, an interview today with uh, yeah. Islanders prospect, Robin Sala, where he also mentions uh, that he did that in Finland. Yeah. Um, and that that's, that it's mandatory. So I was, I was trying to think of, there's a bunch of countries that, that make it mandatory to uh, right. to go do that. And I think it's, yeah, I, I think it speaks a lot to his character. And um, the devils think, were like really cool about it. Like they highlighted it and, and, you know, they, they put an article out about it and they kind of, you know, took you through a day in, a, in his life, you know, doing that. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I'm gonna have to go back and, and check that out. And I, I think he's a, um, he, he's definitely a good person because he's kind of been around a little bit. There's a lot of youth infusion. There's some veterans around, but, um, there's been a there's a small core there that they're trying to build around and I, I, they're, they'll come back blackwood's kind of come out of nowhere happy to see them you you want the devils to be good you want the teams to be good around the islanders um maybe not the entire division the entire east division or metro division like it has been yeah um you know you expect teams to drop off instead they've all kind of gotten better but specifically with those rivalries you can you want to see them do well yeah. Um, so that it's good competition. So you're not beating the devils and it's like, yeah, we should beat them. You know, I want to make it a good game. I want to make it like it means something the last game of the season. Um, you know, I want to weigh double with poke check in a shootout to, you know, when it, you know what I mean? Like I, I think those moments are really good. And when you do beat them, it just feels so, oh, so yeah. much, so it's much great. better. Um, and for, for those of you who want to add the, the captain C to your Nico Hirscher Jersey or update any of your, your Islanders swag, um, you can do Rangers that. Too, Rangers too. Rangers too. Any any team. I don't. It doesn't matter what uh, what team you have. You can do that at Amity Harbor Sports. Um, on the Islanders, brought to you by Amity Harbor Sports. Um, they are a family owned and operated business for over forty years, who specializes in hockey and baseball equipment. What you might not know is that they also specialize in logo design, screen printing, and embroidery, and work with groups to customize popular items such as tees, hoodies, joggers, jerseys, hats, masks, and more. They create custom apparel in a broad range of designs, colors, and styles, and offer popular brands at wholesale prices including Bauer, CCM, Under Armour, Athletic Knit, Champion, American Apparel, Adidas, and more. With remote learning and work from home still pretty prevalent, uh, they've they've also set out to change the way the industry sells and fundraises by creating online pop-up stores for selling branded and personalized apparel products and gear. You can learn more at AmityHarborSports.com on Instagram and Facebook and check out their Long Island Hockey Co. clothing line at LongIslandHockeyCo.com or on Instagram at Long Island Hockey Co. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, the Islanders. It's about that time. And uh, Anthony Bavillier is back this week great news for the team um started off uh on the third line with peugeot and walsham and i actually really liked that um kind of wish it would have stayed he eventually found his way back to the second line uh and the first two lines started to take form to what we've seen mo- uh, mostly in the past right 
uh, Lee Barzell, Eberle, Bavillier, Nelson, and uh, Bailey. That was after um, a couple of games. Like, while Bavillier was on that line, and then it kind of shifts, and then right. Dalcole gets hurt. So yeah. that shifts things around. And Yeah, I wonder if Dalcole, when he comes back, if that changes things again. Uh, Komarov's in as of now. I imagine that he comes back out once Dalcole is uh, healthy. Uh, I don't. I don't know what happened to Dal Cole. Do you? I don't think they really announced or, or said. No, I don't know what the injury was. They, they, I don't even know if they've. And maybe it's it's probably um, buried somewhere. If it's a lower body or upper body injury, could be. Yeah, well, um, I think they say upper body injury, but like they, you know, what caused it? We <laughs> we have no idea. No, I know, and I don't remember anything specific. Yeah. Um. What I what I will say is. Uh, you know about Dal Cole because I know there's a lot of differing opinions about the about the guy right now. He's obviously not putting points up. However, when he's in the lineup, they're doing very well. I, I tweeted about it the other day. Give us the stats, man. And um, I don't have it. I don't have it up in front of me. But they they are they're five and one, I believe. Um, with with him in the line, five one and two with him in the lineup, and then uh. Three, five, and two without him in the lineup, or something like that. Where they're just they're just not playing well. Five, one, and two with him in. Three, five, and one with him out. Well, I was pretty close there, and I think it showed me some. It, it, with thinking about it a little bit more, it showed me something. I think it's important about the depth of the forward group. I think they're they're a they're one player away from really rounding this out. And we've talked about this before how. Being able to bump one player down, okay, it make would make a huge difference. So when he's in the lineup, and you can bump down a Bailey, or you can bump down somebody on that third line, now that you have a Wallstrom, that he's he's looking more and more comfortable. He's sniffing around that net. He's he's, yeah, he's well, got to pop one, another one, uh, or you know, rack, start racking up assists pretty soon with Pajot being on a heater. But I, I think seeing how important you know it's not necessarily that first line winger and we've talked about that it's a matter of like just moving got one guy down the line up to that third line to play with Peugeot and and who turned out to be Wallstrom and with Dal Cole in the lineup and that they're holding on to the puck more than half the time when he's on the ice with what was was Nelson and Eberle for that period that's so important right and I I I I wonder what that looks like in future years if it's not Dal Cole. You know, who's maybe it's a maybe what they've been looking for for all this time was a middle six guy and not a first line guy, or it doesn't need to be a Panarin. I know you have opinions and we'll get to we'll another player it. later, but I wonder if it's that kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and moving Lee down, you know what I mean? Like it's about filling out, it's not necessarily about finding the right first line guy it's about who's going to get moved down the lineup and make it deeper because that's where the islanders well, are getting success right now because their first and third lines are scoring goals so i, I the way i see it, there's a cap right there's like a potential cap and the islanders haven't hit that cap yet um having dal cole in the lineup pushes it up but it still doesn't reach that max potential right um you know, I like Dal Cole on the second line, and I I, I think that, um, you know, if if the pucks start bouncing his way, he maybe he could put a couple in the net. Uh, Nelson's really the scorer on that line, and, and Bailey could feed. Um, you know, and people have opinions about Bailey. You know, we'll talk about it, but 
you know, Dal Cole, like you said, on the second line gives them good depth because, you know, you can put Pavillier on the third line and have essentially two second lines going. They can play equal minutes and have Peugeot and Wallstrom out there with with Pavillier. Um, or Bailey. Or Bailey. Either, either, and to me, it's it's interchangeable. I think it is. both of them are um, maybe maybe that third line needs to set up guy and Bailey more than they need speed with Pavillier. Yeah, Wallstrom can obviously keep up. You know, so you just, I just need someone need to, to set them up. Decision. Like they can't keep flip flopping. They need to let the uh, totally line. Agree. Yeah, they need to let the lines build some chemistry. So, um, you know, I, I like Dal Cole being in the lineup, and, and I think that once he's back, he'll probably slot in on the third line. We'll probably see Bavillier stay there. Um, but it's good to know that if things get stale, um, they could switch it up, and, and there is something there. You know, Everly was doing really well in the second line. Um, I think he was doing well. It had nothing to do with the line mates necessarily. True, true. Could he be. was he was the one driving play, and he looked really good on the first line again the other night. So yeah, he didn't yeah. he didn't miss a beat. And I think the Dal Cole is obviously not a top six player. Let's not confuse any of this. True, he's he is, however, on this team because he creates space for the other two players. Well, he's going to track this- that puck down. He's going right. to get it back for Nelson or whomever exactly. else on that line. And I think that's what they need on that line. It's right. just a matter of Nelson's only right. scoring on the power play right now. And Bailey looks like he's asleep. So we've said or, this before, right? If 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 Dal Cole can just play his role, do his job, it's enough. And and that's essentially what he's doing. And he, I mean he's not getting uh that line isn't necessary when Dal Cole's on it, or at least this season or whatever, I I don't think they're getting hard. Like they're not getting defensive zone starts. They're getting a lot right. of offensive zone starts. I like I think they're just like uh Dobson and, and Green, they're they're sheltering them a little bit. Yeah. But when they're out there, they're effective. Right. You know, it's I think the the opposite could be said of I know people are are and again I'm going off script here. I apologize. Uh the 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 Mayfield Letty pairing and you know, uh I think even in our chat the other night we were talking about that during the game, that they're you know I don't know about liability, but I, I think they're it's not great. They're not playing very well. But I think they're getting tough assignments. Like you're playing the best players, you're gonna get beat. They're yeah. gonna make you look bad. The goal is to limit that as much as possible. It's not like it's like again, playing against a Crosby or a Vetchkin or some of these guys, they're gonna get their chances. You just yeah. have to make sure that you're making not getting as many chances in, in the game yeah. against you. Um, and that they're not high danger chances. They're going to yeah. find a way. They're the best players. That's right. just how it works. So speaking, I, you know, speaking ahead. of the the Penguins, the Islanders lost two in a row to them uh, this week. Uh, first game, not great. Got dominated. Uh, slow to the puck. Slow all game. They they you know typical real bad Islander loss. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, they game, looked they looked dead. It looked like. During that, uh, however long it was, that five game skid, yeah, that like bad. that, just inconsistent shift to shift. Yeah, they looked sleepy out there. It was that was a tough one to watch. Game two was better. They 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 throw thirty five shots on net. They held the Penguins to eighteen. They lose three two. It's just it's that unbelievable. Was a good game no it, bounces. It was a great game, right? And, and, that, and, and that was the big problem. Like, Trotz was even like, I, I, "What what do you want me to say? We played a great game." Like, and, they, and that's what you want to see, though. Like, if you're going to throw up a stinker every once in a while, 
you have to come back and lock right. it down. You hope that it comes, you, you at least squeeze a point out of it. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, they get the Sabres and they play not as bad as the first game against the Penguins, but definitely nowhere near as good as the second game against the Penguins. And they probably should have lost, but they end up winning that game. So it kind of made up for the uh, loss to the, to the Penguins in, in that game too. Just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. I, I can't really explain the puck luck here, um, but it was good. You know, the, the thing is they've seen the Sabres, what is it, three times now this season? It's just good to to see that you know they're beating the teams that they should be beating. If they lose a couple games, for the, the most pay, part, for the most they've part. lost. They've also lost to the Devils. Um, yeah, they should be. You know, Devils were on a hot streak. They took like I think they took the Flyers. They took Boston. Like they, they're yeah, they're sneaky good. They're they're sneaky good. And Jack Hughes, we've said it before, looks fantastic this season. Yeah. Looks like a, a completely different player. I wonder. Yeah, we'll we'll get to some different stuff. Yeah, um, but right now the Islanders are third in in the division. They're a few games ahead of the teams around them. Does that concern you a little bit? I didn't like looking at the the standings this morning and seeing Boston at sixteen games, mm-hmm. Washington at seventeen games, Philly at fifteen, and Pittsburgh at sixteen. They're tied with the Islanders are tied. With Washington in points at, with 21, with, yeah. with 18 games played. They have three more games played than Philadelphia, and they're only two games ahead. And they're yeah. two games ahead uh, or behind, rather, than of Pittsburgh, who only has 16 games. And they're also two two points ahead of them. Now, they've dropped games to both of those teams, which is the concern. Yeah, It's not like it's Boston or the Rangers, where they've beaten them a few times, or Buffalo. Where they have their number. Uh, To me, I don't like the positioning. I want to see them, the the consistency. And that was the Buffalo game um, on Monday night was the epitome of the season. That if I had to sum it up, and they've done this a few times where they wind up squeaking out a win, but again, shift to shift or period to period, they're just not the same team. There's something about. I don't know. I don't know if something's going on out there and they're getting frustrated. It's a lot of arid passes. It's a lot of just forcing plays where they shouldn't, they, you know, getting the where they should be getting the puck deep. They're trying to make an extra move. I've, I've heard uh, Butch say it a couple times on, on Monday night's broadcast where it was late in the game. And I think it was Bullock that came in with the puck and he's like, he's just got to get that in. You know, he's just got over the blue line. He tried to make one extra move, yeah. and luckily the puck kind of trickled behind the Sabres net at some point. But I don't, I don't like that, and it's concerning because they're inconsistent, and it's so easy. Again, they drop two against Pittsburgh. If that happens this weekend, you know they play Boston on Thursday. But if it happens again, if they only take one of these next three games, they're in fifth place. Like it's it's that quick. Now it's only. It's thirty percent of the way through the season, if you can believe it already. Yeah, for the Islanders, eighteen games, right? Yeah, 30, true. I was writing an 2%. article and I like JJ Pajot was eighteen games played. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So and that's what and they played the most in the division, right? So that's what's concerning is if they're gonna be, yeah. have games, if they're not going to have games in hand, they want they and they're gonna have teams in their rearview mirror. 
make it incumbent, just like in a game, make them go 200 feet. Make it's incumbent upon them to win the games that they have in hand. Don't make it easy for them by having games and you know playing more games and then losing those games. Take advantage if you're playing a little bit more now than other teams. Win those games because you're gonna get a break when they start playing a little bit when you know schedule. They have like they have two days off this week. Um, you know teams are gonna catch up and play. You know you're gonna have your moment too to yeah. to play catch up or or pad your stats. You want to make sure it's padding your stats and not yeah. playing catch up. I, I'm not overly concerned. Um, you know it's been it's been shaky play here and there, and and you're totally right in your assessment. Um. But I'll tell you why I'm not overly concerned. I don't. I'm not overly impressed with any team in this division. We've beaten the best twice. We're the only. Are we still the only team to give them uh, two regulation losses? Um, still, yeah. Yeah, we've beaten them. Philly looks out of sorts. Um, they, they've also. They're. I mean, if if you're comparing the last like week or so, they have. They still have a bunch of players on the COVID list. Right, but they. You know, still. They you gotta take advantage be, of it, and I, I think, and right. that's again, wh- while Philadelphia is still playing games and don't don't have guys in the lineup. Obviously, they're not playing them right now, but you have to keep that in mind. They're still sniffing around the Islanders yeah. at three games behind, and they're only two points behind right. them. And well, I, I think I, that's I know. But again, that's what that's what worries me. Even at the beginning of the season, and I know you know it's a weird year, no camp or or short camp, no exhibition games. We've seen this with the Flyers, right? They 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 lose it on themselves sometimes. So I, I'm the Flyers don't impress me. The Bruins don't impress me anymore. You know they took a big hit this off season, and and I, I just don't see the same team on on the ice night in and night out. Um, I mean they're finding they're finding ways to win, right? But they're not winning against the Islanders. And that's, so so far, they, so far, there's six games left, or however many I, when, games. Yes, you're right. It's but game I, it, when there's game, you know, when it's game seven in the series this year, and the Islanders have won five or six of those. Talk to me then. Right. No. Sure. But I'm just letting you know why. Right now, I'm not concerned yet. I'm, I'm confident because they've proven that they can hang with and beat Boston. Again, I Philly. I'm not impressed with Pittsburgh. I'm not impressed with. Um, you know. Buffalo is Buffalo. New Jersey is not uh, better than the Islanders. I, I think that next time they meet, the Islanders, you know, will figure it out. They they will win. Um, let's see how long Panarin's out for with the Rangers. Lafren- Lafreniere has not been as advertised. Kako hasn't really done anything since he's been in the, in this league. So I'm not overly concerned um, as of yet. As I know I'm the, I'm the Debbie Downer of the two of us. Um, <laughs> That's probably one of the easier things to to your but, words, not mine. Yes, um, on a recording anyway. But I, you know, looking at looking at the Islanders' recent schedule and all that, they're six two and two in their last ten. That's second best in the in the division. There you go. They're along with Boston, who's a plus fifteen. The Islanders are a plus one. Everybody's at zero or a minus. There you go in, in the division. Um, Varlamov is strong. That's who they're gonna ride. They're gonna ride their centers and uh, and their goaltending to to the playoffs. Yeah. If if that's how they make it, um, Varlamov will quietly be the fourth best goal in the league. 
Sorokin will come on and do his thing too. I'm sure at some point. Yeah. And you know, hopefully get some playing time. Um, but it, you know, and when you when you got a guy like Varlama playing as well as he is, it's hard to say like, oh sure, just don't play him. Um, so it's it's a little bit of a tough situation yeah. for Trotz. I, I definitely see him, but he he will need his rest come playoff time and when those games are you know mean a lot more and um this the spotlight the intensity everything kind of goes up there i think i think it's important but yeah i mean there's a lot to be positive about around the islanders i would just like them to do it on a more consistent basis it's it's totally it's totally one thing to they're going to lose games i want to see them lose games like on saturday against the penguins Right. Yep. We we that was that was a good game. It was frustrating, and you go out there and you can use that energy in the next game. You don't necessarily lose momentum like that. That ah, point streak snapped. Whatever, and that was the other night. But you lose you 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 snap the point streak in just a dud of a hockey game. That was hard. To, I mean, that was just a tough game to watch in general. Yeah. Even if I didn't care about either of those teams, it was a tough game. But that's my problem: is that they when they're losing, they're losing hard, and then. When they lose even a good game, well, now it's two losses in a row, and it's a team nipping at your heels. Like it, that's where I get concerned when they're playing good hockey, and they can they do it for these small stretches. And I mm. said this in the beginning of the season; that was my biggest concern. And if I and if this team had a setback this season, I, you know, they can either be really good for fifty six games. They're going to be very mediocre and finish fifth in this division, and still have you know a winning record and and all that stuff and a positive goal differential. But I can see them just not playing well enough for long enough to really do it. And right now, you know, they 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 have to even out a little bit, in my opinion. I have a question: Is the power play good? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I think can it be no even if they're scoring goals? Like I know that's the point. I know that's like literally the measurement of that. Well, I mean, look, I, I feel like they're moving more. I feel like they're getting bodies in front of the net more. Let me A tell little. you, man. That Wallstrom shot the other night that led to the Peugeot goal. Oh man. But you notice how the first unit goes out there and they're 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 playing hot potato. The pucks are on the outside. As soon as Walsham gets on the ice, it was within like 10 seconds. He just gets an opportunity, puck on net, goal. And you're like, well, oh, okay, that's what this, happens. This and what I, I hate being that guy that's sitting there on the couch yelling, shoot. But for God's sakes, shoot the puck. Well, and, and you this, see what happens. That's what, this is what I've been saying, though. And I, and I put this article out for Isles blog like a week and a half ago. And I was like, it's time to give Wallstrom more minutes. Put him next to Barzell. Put him on the first power play unit and let him rip it. I love Ryan Pulak. He can't hit the net for anything. Okay, we we need to pause on that. He's obviously an asset to this team. He's an offensive asset. But my God, I I think it, what did I text you? They just need to have him shoot pucks for like an hour after the yeah. game. Below the hips or like, at the knee level, like something. Like full read. Yes, a hundred percent. Soft hand, for God's sake. They need, you know, they need Herb Brooks out there, keeping the lights on after again. Uh, after a game, and just again, 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 
again, just shoot. I, I just, I can't. And, you know, it makes me feel better because in beer league, they do that too. These headhunter shots. Right. I'm trying to knock my teeth out um, at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday. I, it, but the same, the same thing for Pulak. He's just, he's just trying to shoot it as hard as he can without yeah. being strategic about it. And it's not helped in that first unit kind of looks like crap and that's what i'm saying right you need you need a shooter and i'm not trying to say oh i'm I'm all hopped up on wallstrom juice because he's he's so great he's shown he's been so great is, for is for, is, Wal- is wallstrom juice a thing yeah it is now for 12 minutes he's been he's been really good right now he was drafted with an nhl ready shot his profile before the islanders took him said nhl ready shot i'm not making this up his shot has been ready. He needed to work on some facets of his game, and he did. He's proving that he can get these the, these shots on goal. He did it. It led to a goal. I, I, I get it. It wasn't his goal, but it doesn't matter. You get pucks on net. It 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 good things happen. Okay, is it a is the difference between what and and if we're strictly speaking about the power play, um and and. Maybe we can zoom out a little bit about the the Adams forward group and the difference between guys like Wallstrom and, and other players. Um, you know, maybe a guy like Nelson. Um, but the difference between like Pulak and Wallstrom is it just that one guy's shooting quicker than the other one? What well, I, mean I mean is like the release. Like Wallstrom gets the puck; it's on and off his stick. He knows he how to shoot. Op- well, he th- he just sees an opportunity, whereas. Pulak is taking this and, and maybe dating myself. Pulak's taking this like Al McGinnis windup <laughs> at the blue line. And it's like, yeah, everyone sees this coming. Whereas well, mechanic- Wallstrom is just puck on and off his stick. The, the mechanics and the mentality are different. Wallstrom has the, the mentality. That's what I'm looking for. Well, right. And and Wallstrom has the, the mechanics to for, for a really, really, really good shot. Right. But he also has the mentality. He's done it a couple of times. He has the mentality. I got the puck. I'm shooting it. Gone. Got it. Gone. I, Bellows did that too. I got to say. I mean, he for did. the laps and whatever his games recently, uh, all that aside, when he was playing regularly, he that puck was off yeah, his stick talk, very quickly. Talk about that for a minute. He didn't play for three weeks. And then we're like, oh, yeah, let's put him on second line. That's probably a good idea. And then they criticize him for making mistakes. Are you kidding? No. Nope. I think it's no one duck. thing to criticize him, but I, my issue with that was where the where was the accountability for Komarov or anyone right. else? Bellows right. makes all right, maybe it was two mistakes in that game and they were pretty egregious. All but two mistakes. I get it. I yeah, I, I that I think that's fine. It's just it 21. just uh have accountability. He's Make 21. that your thing. Don't do it against the young players. They, they ostracize him. He's 21 years old, and he didn't play for three weeks. Literally three weeks. And you decided it was a good idea to throw him back in the top six and, and then ostracize him because he made two, yes, costly mistakes at 21 years old on three weeks uh, of downtime? It doesn't make sense to me. Again, I'll say it again. I love Barry Trotz. I swear by him. I read his Bible every night. But – I, I don't get some of these things. And look, no coach is perfect. He's the closest thing to it, in my opinion. But I, I don't I don't think it was fair for Bellows. And I think he should absolutely 100% get another opportunity. But I speak my piece on 
on Bellows. Uh, you know, I hope the kid gets an, another shot. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, Wallstrom needs to stay in the quote unquote Ovi's office because it's working. It worked for the, the first opportunity he got. It, it worked. Um, you know, and, and, and I've seen on multiple occasions this the second the puck touches his stick and he's anywhere in, in shooting vicinity, he does. Top of the circle down, he's shooting. That he's always shooting, and they need that. I think he needs more exposure. Keep him on the third line, that's fine. Put him on the first power play unit. I think at this point, I think at this point, look, I get trusting your veterans. I get, you know, letting them work out the kinks. I think at this point we're okay taking Josh Bailey off of the power play unit. Put Bovillier where he goes. Put Wallstrom on the first unit. What, however you have to work it, Barzell could really use him. Barzell, I, I don't understand his placement because Pulak is in that Ovechkin's office spot on, on the left wing wall the for the one-timer. And yeah. Dobson is playing quarterback. Barzell on the right wing wall has no angle as a righty. He needs to be that bumper. Now, yeah. I think what winds up happening is that you have you need to kind of make a decision here. The chemistry uh, that he has with this guy like Everly, and obviously you have Lee in front on that unit. Yeah. So you so you put uh, Wallstrom maybe in Barzell's spot again. All, I believe Wallstrom's also a righty. Yes. So he doesn't have a great angle, um, but you just want you want to get the puck on the net. You can put Barzell in the bumper spot with Lee in front. Yeah, that's probably not a bad idea either. Um, and you move Everly down to the second unit and switch him. If you're going to have somebody in that, again, on that left wing wall where Wallstrom is on the second unit, that makes just as much sense. Still, right. a, right, still a righty. You're not changing the dynamic so much as the mentality. And I, that, that was a great word. That was exactly what I was trying to think of. You're, you're trying, you're adding another shooting element to that first unit and a guy in front, like lead that clean up the garbage and Barzell in the high slot where if a rebound comes out that far, you can snipe. He's not sniping from the, the half, the, the half wall on, right. on the right wing. It's just, it's not going to happen. He's got to make too many moves. And frankly, he loses the puck quite often on that wall, trying to get the pass back yeah. and it just doesn't work. So I, I think there's, there's an opportunity there. You're, you're probably right. Moving some players around. Yeah, you got that. So as we just talk up the power play unit, now we're ripping it apart. But I mean, look, the, the power play has been good. You could be right where it, you know they're scoring goals, but it's still not good. Um, but it has the potential to be, and it could be even better, right? Instead of you know, I don't think we've ever had two power play goals in a game. One a game for consecutive games is like wow, look at us. But two in a game is still unheard of. So I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think how they operate, like you're obviously scoring goals, but it could be off a rush. It could be off a rebound. Like it's not necessarily anything you're doing other than offense. Like you're getting the puck to the net. That's not a good power play, right? Like that's not the, it's, there's got, you have that movement. You have the players moving around. I loved, you know, I, um, where did Olsen come from? So, okay. You know, guys like that, you know, like you just, the guy just wants to throw the, put the puck on the net. Well, and and he's doing a good job. Look at Buffalo. Yes, worst team in the league, best power play. Because they do what they have to do to rotate the puck, get guys out of position, get the puck to Olofsson, and he fires it on net. And it it's it it works literally 30, I think they have 38% of the time right now, which is a lot. So yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous. I think it was it, I, when they played the Islanders the other night, they said 40. 
So if that's if that's true, they can do that with Wallstrom. They can do it. He showed it. They can do it. Get it done. That's enough. Move on. Uh, let's talk about a shooter who might be available. Philip You're Forsberg. all about this right now. Yeah. Philip Forsberg is on the block, supposedly. Fourth period reports Nashville might be blowing it up. They named three untouchables. Surprisingly, Pekka Renee is there. Uh, Ryan Ellis and uh, who was the other? Oh, uh, Roman Yossi. Um, Philip Forsberg's available? Are we kidding? I know. You don't love him. Um, here's the way I see it. Nashville has always been defensive-minded first, kind of like the Islanders. Um, so he doesn't put up a ton of points, right? He's a 60-point player um, for the most part, sometimes 50, sometimes sometimes 60. But more often than not, he's near the 30-goal mark. A couple 30-goal seasons, 28-goal seasons, 29-goal seasons. Um, and he has never really played with a bona fide number one center. Barzell would be the best center he's ever played with, right? He's always played with Ryan Johansson or or Michael Granlund. Nobody of Barzell's status. Those 60 points could easily be 75 to 80 points next to Matt Barzell because, look, you have a, a guy like Philip Forsberg shooting the puck uh, off of a feed from Barzell, and let's just say it doesn't even go in. It creates a rebound. Uh, Anders Lee will be there to clean that up. I think that this is a move that if it's available, you go after. And look, I get so many people, again, on, on Twitter, you know, the, the, the holy land. Well, what about the cap space? What about the money? This and that and the other thing. I get it. Good GMs find a way. Tampa Bay found a way. And I know some of you are going to say, well, Kucherov got hurt. Doesn't that help? Yeah, of course it helps. Boychuk got hurt and it helped us too. It happens. Um, GMs find a way. And if they have to do maybe, uh, you know, contract swaps and, and and stuff like that, you do it, but you find a way. I think, you know, maybe two of the defensive uh, prospects coming up, two, two out of the three in Wild, Sallow, and Bolduck, uh, packaged with picks, maybe, you know, Holmstrom or, or whatever, you get it done. Yeah, I, I do. I wonder about uh, in a league that you need more rookie contracts on your roster and having them produce. To you know, when 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 these guys finally start bubbling up, the Islanders are finally starting to get their own crop of of prospects, and they've done a really good job on defense. Looks like Robin Sell is another def, uh, defenseman that they're going to be sure. able to kind of groom to be on the roster sooner than later, yeah. um, especially because green is not getting younger. Um, should we call him gray at this point? Like it's, it he's, he's good as maybe a seventh defenseman or, or whatever the case is. He's got me on that one. Um, yeah. That's not, that's not in the script. That's what I have to dome here. But I, I think, I think um, trading the future away especially during a season that's a, to- a complete toss-up in a season just ahead of the expansion draft. I think he's a good player. In a normal year, probably. 
in a year with an expansion draft and you're going to be making all these moves and um, something that we didn't talk about, which we probably should have, and we're not going to go through the whole thing, but the NHL draft maybe not happening this year and it being pushed and doing both drafts next year so that everyone has an opportunity to see these players and prospects play if they're not playing in Europe. Um, you know, what, whenever those trades are going to happen and however that's going to work, I don't, I just don't know if this is a time like, and, and this is why I kind of posed the question in, in here. And, um, as we kind of wrap up things, um, you know, I don't know what makes this season a failure or a success just because of it's being a weird year because you're playing these same teams over and over. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know that this is the year where you're like, you got to be all in, all in. Like if you're Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz, you have to be so confident that this is the piece, just kind of like last year. Pajot is the piece. We can make a serious run at this. We can really turn things around. Now they were aided a little bit by a huge pause, but they go into uh, the bubble and they do some damage. They gave, they gave the Stanley Cup champions a run for their money. Right. The eventual Stanley Cup champions. So is this the year based on what I've seen? No. This is not the year you all you start selling off prospects to do this. And again, I know I'm the downer guy, but we're going to be super pissed when one of these prospects makes it. Even if it's Bellows. I know that was who you would think. Awesome. Like you're you're trading a possible for a guarantee. Philip Forsberg is. I mean, for third. two year, for a year and a half, for for uh, one point seven years of a well, contract. Like his contract runs up, you know that every time a player comes to Long Island, they like being here and they want to stay. Yeah, but then he's going to be twenty eight. How long are you going to sign him? Or twenty nine, depending on when his birthday. I mean, Taylor Hall signed a one year deal with Buffalo and apparently now wants to stay. Which I I don't buy because apparently yeah. Jack Eichel's on the block. I still don't even buy that, but let you know we'll see where that goes. Hall you has a uh, one goal, I believe, this season. It really just has to, you know, it, it just depends on the cap situation moving forward. I don't I don't think that, and that's what I'm saying. You don't know that this year it's not going to go up, right? If, but and you have an expansion up. draft, so then you bring a, a Forsberg into the Islanders lineup. That's one more player exposed, or right. you're exposing him, which means then you lost him for nothing. But Lamorello, Lamorello doesn't do anything uncalculated. So if he does it, there will be a plan in place to keep him, and there will be a plan in place to to make sure that moving forward, the cap situation is handled. He does. This is. I know he'll do it and have his bases covered for the most part. I just don't know if I agree with it. And with the the issue that I have is that the Islanders don't have a ton of forward prospects. So even if Bellows is kind of uh, a tweener AHL NHL guy, other than Wallstrom, that's the closest forward prospect yeah, you have. You trade him to get a legitimate winger. You just be pushing it off a few years. But you have. Bavillier on the wing, twenty-two. You have uh, your your other wingers in Wallstrom, and, and and like it's not like there's you know the team is the core of the team is not so old that you can't replenish these prospects. I I you're right, and it's not like they aren't still drafting players and right as of the last couple of years, so you know people can come up, but it's just rare that they make 
you know, that and especially for the Islanders, that they have a Bellows and a Wallstrom even on the thing, roster. Forget I about think this you know. William Four was a was a steal. Have you seen what he's been doing? I've been writing about That's it. That's true. Every- I mean, there 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 are some players that are that are surprising that I'm hoping that can translate. Defour, um, for some reason, was projected to go anywhere between the second round and the fifth round of the draft. Right now, he is dominating the QMJHL and has absolutely nothing left to prove at that level. He is scoring at will. He's had multiple. I think, I think he had a seven game goal streak. Missed a game. Uh, didn't miss game, didn't score one game, but had three assists and then went on another 10 game goal streak. Yeah. Didn't I'll, score had a couple more assists and then another goal. He is tearing it up. I'll say I, I think they have, I think they have a good, uh, a score in, in the four. I'll say this. If, if a trade does happen for Forsberg or somebody else for the top six, I will enjoy in the moment and not get ahead of myself and say, oh, I can't believe they gave up. I don't care. They get somebody and they're going to help. Just like Pajot last year. Yeah. I will look at it in a vacuum and say, this is good for right now. I will worry about next season and the future after this season. Right. See what they can do. And be confident that it works, right? Because, you know, we've been... Well, have some confidence that they know what they're doing. And again, I think they're picky. And I wonder if a guy like Forsberg, and we've asked this question a million times on this show, who, what kind of player is actually going to work within the trot system? Yeah, and in I, that top six? I don't see him not being, you know, part of the the solution moving forward if they if they do, you know, move hit for him. He's only twenty six. Uh, he wears the A in in Nashville. He's a he's a leader. Um, you know. I don't see any any issues on the Forsberg front. So, um, I mean, it, your your point is well made. He's a he's a twenty. He's pretty much good for twenty goals a year. He's already got eight in seventeen games. So he's he's you know, yeah. So and and that's on a that's on a defensive minded team. Yes, albeit we are a defensive minded team as well. But again, he played with Ryan Johansson, who I haven't heard anything from him in in two years in Nashville. Matt Duchesne just can't figure it out anymore. Um, you know, he's not playing with centers at the level of Barzell. You're you're right, and I, like I said, I, I think if they can at least you know a year after this one, you hope that they can make a deal. You don't want them too far after thirty two years old, and you wonder if you'll only take a three year deal. Four years, um, something like that. I mean, you're you're pretty much guaranteeing that th- you know after 32, 33, he's, he's going to fall off the map. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it it would kind of be like if the Anders snagged Hoffman. You know, he's a you know perennial 20, 30 goal guy. He's a little older. You still want him in the lineup for a few years. He'd be great next to this guy. I don't think he's quite the sniper that that Hoffman is, but maybe he's better at a two way game than than Hoffman is and. You can. I, I wonder what that lineup looks like if you who you move around. And now I'm going to leave you with a cliffhanger for maybe not next week's episode, but an episode uh, that we will probably get to at some point, likely next off season. If the Islanders don't acquire a sniper at uh, the trade deadline this season, will Alex Ovechkin be available, and will the Islanders go after him because of the Barry Trotz connection? Find out on Nesman Hockey Podcast in sometime this future. Uh, thanks to everybody who's listening to the podcast right now. Uh, thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, the Hockey Writers, and, of course, uh, each and every one of you 
at this moment. Make sure to check out Amity Harbor Sports and Long Island Hockey Company. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to or watch the show. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Nassiman Hockey and find our work at The Hockey Writers. You can also check out our Patreon to support the show and get access to our weekly newsletter, additional articles, and bonus episodes. Until next time, everybody. Let's go, Islanders.